Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Sojourn College podcast, where we engage in God's word in a way that transforms us. I'm Kyle, and this is episode seven of our doctrine series. So today we're going to cover the doctrine of the church. Put simply, this means that we are going to spend some time talking about the new covenant people of God. And this includes all of those who have truly received the grace of God through Jesus alone. This is the body of Christ, the the building of Christ built upon the cornerstone, which is Jesus. We are the bride of Christ. We are brothers and sisters in Jesus. We are the church. Uh, The church is a people, not a place to go, right? I think many times we end up uh, adding to the church and we make it about a system or a certain structure when in reality, the church is a people. And the church was God's idea. Ultimately, Jesus died for the church. And yet God has created structure into what uh, this church, what this body of believers is supposed to look like. Um, and in, in nature, in the marks of the church, and uh, how the church is to function as a healthy body of believers, as a healthy family, uh, as a strong uh, building, metaphorically speaking. And so you see, first and foremost, the church was God's idea. The church is a body of believers. And so Sojourn Midtown, for example, our our local church, it isn't Pastor Jamal's church, or it's not the elders' church. Uh, It's not even our church, so to speak. But ultimately, the Sojourn Midtown is God's church. It's God's body of believers. It's God's group of believers that is localized here in Louisville, Kentucky, um, particularly in Shelby Park. And so ultimately, the the elders at our church here, um, at our gathering of believers, are our shepherds whom we must trust um, as they lead us, ultimately under the leadership of the one true shepherd, Jesus, our Lord. And so here, even as I begin this little introduction to the doctrine of the church, you can, you can already hear some distinctions made between uh, the church at large and the church as ultimately the universal uh, body of believers and the localized uh, church that has a little bit more structure to it in terms of leadership and how it functions. And so ultimately, we are going to just, I'm just going to talk through uh, some of kind of some core teachings on Uh, what we believe the church to be. So we're going to talk about the church, its nature, its essence. I'm going to make some distinctions, and then we are going to just look at four kind of images or pictures that we get in the scriptures of what the church is and consists of, and to help us just really understand um, God's intentions and his purposes for the church. So first, it's worth mentioning uh, some distinctions here that I've already kind of touched on. And that is the difference between the universal church and the local church. So the universal church is the global community of believers, right? We said the church is ultimately um, not necessarily a place, but it's ultimately a people. It's the people of God. It's all of those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. And so when we think about the church this way, as a people founded on the gospel, we can see that the church is a universal reality, that the church is the people of God across all of the world, really throughout all time, um, all of those who are God's children and his people in Jesus. And so this is the one universal church ultimately founded upon Christ with one body of believers, regardless of location or denominational difference, right? 
And then you have the local church. The local church is a localized body of believers who are actually seeing each other face to face on a regular basis. These are people actually living in community with one another. And the foundation of their community is the gospel. And within this community, there's some structure, there's, there's eldership, there's elders leading and shepherding the local body, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry and all submitted to the headship of Jesus. And so this is where certain maybe denominational identities get played out and where uh, certain secondary doctrines might be emphasized um, while acknowledging that ultimately uh, the primary, these primary gospel realities are the things that unite us as among denominations and among uh, the universal believers. Another distinction worth making. So I just talked about the universal church versus the local church. Um, another distinction is the visible church versus the invisible church. And so as we're talking about the church, we don't mean the building, but we mean the people. Um, and so theologians sometimes make a distinction between acknowledging the fact that, uh, yeah, church isn't simply a building or an institution, but it's a people. And therefore, God is the only one who truly knows the hearts of those who know him, who have placed their faith in Jesus. Uh, he knows the universal, invisible church, so to speak. And so people, these are people who have truly repented and trusted in Jesus and who have received his spirit and his regenerating work. And so this acknowledges the reality that there are some within the quote unquote visible church, right? The institution, the structure, the system there, there are those who come to our churches all across America who um, are not necessarily genuine believers or they haven't truly trusted in Jesus. They're not walking in faith. They're not truly following Jesus, but they're following the institution. They're uh, attending a place on Sunday and finding community around these other superficial realities and are not genuinely trusting in Jesus, have not placed their faith in Christ and surrendered their life to him, seeing him as Lord. And so this is people who uh, maybe play the part externally within a particular Christian subculture that they adhere to, but are truly not a part of the family of God. And so those are just some, some important distinctions, I think, to make when talking about uh, the doctrine of the church as just a quick introduction, the universal church versus the localized church, localized body of believers, and the invisible church versus the, the visible church. Um, uh, the next point I want to talk about are just speaking about some natures, uh, the nature of the church or some marks of the church. So in speaking about uh, the marks of the church, Dr. Allison says that the church is doxological. The church is word-centered, it is spirit-empowered, covenantal, confessional, missional, and embraces an already and not yet reality. So these are just some key distinctions. I mean, and we would apply this maybe more to both the universal and localized churches. Like we want to see these things, like these things are, are um, marks that we see in scripture of a genuine body of believers. So the church is to be doxological because it's oriented towards the glory of God. Like the church is, as a body of believers, when we gather together, we come to worship the Lord. Like it's not about simply uh, just gathering around other superficial realities or commonalities. Rather, we come together to worship God, to glorify God, oriented towards God's glory. So the church is to be doxological. Um, doxology, that word um, doxa is rooted in the, in the Greek, means glory or worship. Um, and honor due to God. Next, the church is to be word-centered uh, because ultimately it's founded on the incarnate word who is Jesus. So capital W word, Jesus, the word made flesh. 
and also is centered on the spirit-inspired word of God, which is the scripture, whom Jesus said spoke of him, right? And he says, you know, when you read Moses, like Moses wrote of me and like all of these other writers in scripture are pointing to Jesus. So the, the church is to be centered on the word, the word made flesh, Jesus, and also centered on the spirit-inspired word, uh, which are the scriptures. Uh, the next point uh, that he mentions is the church is to be spirit empowered. In other words, the church is created by the Holy Spirit, right? The regenerating work of the Spirit who, who brings us from death to life in Christ. The church is filled with the Spirit, a temple of the Holy Spirit. The church is gifted by the Spirit. You think about 1 Corinthians uh, 12 through 14. The church is guided by the Spirit. And the church is ultimately being made and conformed to the image of Jesus by the indwelling presence of the Spirit. So the the church, the people of God, are all indwelt by the Spirit. The church is Spirit-empowered. The next point is that the church is covenantal. The church is ultimately in covenant relationship with God. It's it's not about a a, a contract, um, but ultimately we see that covenants are about relationship. and, And ultimately the church is covenantal in that the church as a body of believers is in covenant with God, but also in covenant with one another. Um, as we seek to love one another and care for one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. The next point is that the church is confessional. And this means that its members have first and foremost, a personal confession of faith of Jesus as Lord. And you'll notice in, in baptism at sojourn, for example, it says, well, you know, what is your sacred confession? It's that, that Jesus is Lord. Um, so the church is confessional and that we can, best truths about God. We confess ultimately the truth of the gospel, uh, that Jesus is Lord and in him alone is salvation and in the grace of God is only found in him, in his sacrificial work on the cross. So the church is confessional. We confess the truth of the gospel in love together as one body. The church is missional. That's the next point. The church is missional. This means that the church consists of ambassadors, like we are ambassadors for Christ. We are messengers of the gospel individually and collectively as a body of believers. And the whole church proclaims the gospel in word and in deed uh, to the lost and dying world around them in their communities. We see that God has a mission and he's chosen. It's amazing. He has chosen to use us as vessels to carry out his mission. Uh, we are get to partake in the mission of God. And we do that through the church. We see in the New Testament throughout the scriptures, the church is the means by which God wants to carry out his mission uh, to the world uh, to bring about his glory uh, in the redemption of all nations. Next, the church embraces an already and not yet reality. I think this is a really interesting point that Dr. Allison brings up here. Um, and this really acknowledges that uh, the church will be uh, what the church will be in the future as the perfect spotless bride of Christ is not yet fully realized, but is being worked. There's an already reality in that Jesus accomplished it, everything for us fully on the cross. Like he said, it is finished and yet it is not yet fully realized. Like it is being worked out. Like the spirit is sanctifying us and there will be a day in the future in which we are glorified, in which we are purified, in which we will be able to dwell perfectly in the presence of God. Um, unhindered, holy, and righteous before him. Um, so the church consists ultimately of saved sinners. We are saints and sinners. Um, and though it will look different, um, we will, we will look different to the outside world. Yet this does not mean that we are not without fault. Um, and we have hope ultimately in Jesus and his finished work. And so 
we see that the spirit is already working, yet he's not fully conformed us to the image of Christ. That's a process that we are in. So the church embraces an already and not yet reality. So these are some of the marks of the church, some of the, some of the, the really the nature of the essence, what the church is to, to look like and to begin doing. Uh, there's so much that could be covered. This is an introductory pro- podcast, uh, to the doctrine of the church, but some other things that, that could be covered that we could talk about are the purity and unity of the church, uh, church discipline, which is really crucial, um, church offices, church government, baptism. What is baptism? What is it as a sacrament for the church? The Lord's Supper, communion, what we take every week, um, worship and mission and ministry. Like Some of these have been briefly touched on, but all of these could be worthy of their own podcast. But for the sake of time, um, I just want to treat this as an introduction to the doctrine and give you more of a, a bird's eye view on what the church uh, is to be in scripture. And um, then I think as we understand that, we can look at what the scripture says about some of these specific uh, areas. So uh, for the sake of time, I just want to look at four images, four pictures that the scripture uses to help us grasp what the church is and and what God's purposes for his church uh, are to be. And I think through these pictures, we can touch on some of these things like the purity and unity of the church um, and the worship of the church and even the mission of the church. So these four images are the church as the building of Christ, the church as the body of Christ, the uh, the church as the bride of Christ, and the church as the brothers and sisters of Christ. I wanted to stick with the B there, but that could also be say uh, said as the church as the family of Christ. Um, you got every preacher has to have some sort of alliteration in there. So, uh, so we have the church as the building, the body, the bride, and the brothers and sisters or the family of Christ. So I just want to quickly walk through these images images, um, and I'll close with some final thoughts. So the church as the building of Christ. In Ephesians, Paul says that, that Jesus is the foundational cornerstone upon which the prophets and the apostles and the rest of the church is ultimately built upon like a holy temple. So the church is to, to be this dwelling place of God as, as this beautiful, this beautiful building. It says that Jesus is the cornerstone and, and, and a building ha- like the building will eventually reflect how perfect the cornerstone is laid, right? And so ultimately we know we're, this is an already not yet reality, but, but Jesus is the foundation upon which we are built, um, as a dwelling place for God. And Jesus identified himself as the cornerstone of the church and that, um, that he was building. And that this stronghold was something that ultimately the gates of hell could not prevail against. The church was to be a stronghold, a building built upon Jesus, built upon a confession of faith in him. And that the church as a building is then to be a unified, a strong building, a safe place for the tired, for the weary and the broken to find refuge in the arms of Christ. So the church is to be a building built up upon Jesus as the cornerstone. The next point is the church as the body of Christ. So this next image we see in scripture um, is described in Ephesians and in 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul describes the church as this unified body working together. So this is a unity among distinction, seeing that each individual part is significant. and, And honestly, you can't, you know, have one part with that. Like what 
What good is would it be if everyone was an eye or what good would it be if everyone was uh, a finger, right? And so we we need all these individual parts that come together uh, to work beautifully as a whole. And Jesus is ultimately depicted as the head of the body. He's the source of life. He's the source of authority. He is who guides us. And we as one body submit to his loving guidance, right? And submission here is beautiful because we see that Jesus was ultimately submitted for us to the Father, right? And he, he submitted in love, sacrificially laying down his life for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. And so we submit to his loving leadership as the body of Christ. We submit to his guidance and instruction because he's the head. And in the same way that the, the body is comprised of parts, so the church is made up of many members, um, many saints with many different gifts that come together uh, to reflect Jesus to a lost and dying world. The next point, uh, image we see in scripture is the church as the bride of Christ. So Jesus's sacrificial love for his people is depicted as a model of the relationship between a husband and wife. And, and ultimately, uh, the marriage is supposed to point ultimately to the gospel, to the love of Jesus and into his church and his sacrificial love towards his church and his church's trust and dependence and rest in him. So through this beautiful picture, we can see the love, the love that God has for his people and how this love is is relational. This love is about communion and relationship with God. It's not just about the gospel. It's just about believing facts. And so through this picture, we see the church is the bride of Christ and the purpose of God's redemptive work for his people um, is loving communion with us. We see in Hebrews that one day the church will be presented to Jesus as a spotless, as spotless and perfect as the spirit is the one who is purifying the church and will ultimately, we will be perfectly glorified and he's preparing for us an eternal weight of glory in the presence of God. The final image uh, that we see is the church as the brothers and sisters of Christ, as the family of God. And I think this final picture um, is, is personally one that I find most beautiful and compelling um, and, and even applicable in, in how we should just view church. Um, this final picture emphasizes our adoption as sons and daughters of God, all equally ransomed by the sacrifice of Jesus. Scripture says that we are co-heirs with Christ, that as brothers and sisters of Jesus, we, as we are in Christ, we receive his inheritance. We enter into the family of God through the sacrifice of Jesus, and we receive the full benefit of his promises. We receive the full benefit of his inheritance, what he actually earned, like his righteousness, the life that he lived and what he earned, like we receive that by adoption. How beautiful of a picture this is. And, and this is the church. We are the church, the family of God. Um, I, I think this, this image should really just reflect our day to day interactions in our churches. Like our churches should feel familial because they are familial because our bonds in Christ are deeper than blood and they're actually rooted in blood, in the blood of Jesus. We should treat each other as, as family. Because we have eternal bonds as brothers and sisters, because we will live with one another for all of eternity in the presence of God uh, as a family. So this familial love should be the primary characteristic of our relationships uh, within the church. This love in community is an assurance to ourselves that we have received the love of God in Christ. Like As we love one another, we are assured that we have received the radical love of God. 
And as a, in this love as a family is a missional demonstration to the world that, that ultimately testifies to the truth of God's love, that we have received it supernaturally by the work of the Holy Spirit. So man, this, this image of the church as a family, I think when it's actually played out is beautifully compelling to a lost and dying world. Um, so in closing, I would like to emphasize that to love Jesus means we must love his church, means we must love one another. I mean, as we look at first John, this is over and over what John is emphasizing. Like if you've received love, you will demonstrate that love outwardly towards other people, towards your neighbor. And so if we love Jesus, we will love his church because we will begin to love what Jesus loves. And Jesus loved his church. He loved the church. He loved the body of Christ. He loved the family of God so much that he died for us sacrificially. He humbled himself and stepped off his throne and lived the life that we couldn't live and died the death that we deserve so that we could have life in him, so that we could be a family, so that we could be received by the Father. And so we must love the church because Jesus loved the church and died for the church. I fear that too many of us in our individualistic uh, Western American <laughs> generation uh, deny the importance of the church. Um, and I think too often we have qualms with the church um, and just with the structure, with this, that, or the other. And I think sadly that is because the institution and the external organization of the church has many times let us down. Um, for many of us, the church has not been a safe building to flee to or a healing environment of familial love. However, though we have been hurt by the church or by this, uh, this church structure or the lack of love and security and safety, we still must strive towards the church that Jesus has in mind. We must strive to be the church. Uh, to be the body of Christ, to be the bride of Christ, to be the building, to be the family of God that Jesus died for, that Jesus uh, loves. So we must strive towards this as we look to Jesus and walk by his spirit. We must love the church. We must love the body of Christ, the family of God, not as a rigid institution, but as the people of God, as our brothers and sisters. Jesus loved the church. He died for the church. So I would challenge you to continue to dive into this doctrine, um, to continue to think about what, what does it mean to be a member of the church, to be a covenant member, to, to uh, be willing to go under and or practice church discipline. What does it look like to submit to the elders? What does it look like um, to be a deacon? What does it look like uh, to uphold the sacraments, to, to have, to believe in believer's baptism, um, to participate in communion, like all of these things are kind of fall under the doctrine of the church. Um, so I hope that at least this episode just encourage you to see the importance of the church and now to dive into uh, kind of deeper, deeper into what you believe about the church. So uh, we want to be, just to kind of reiterate our uh, community group statement, our missional statement, like we want to be a family of disciples on a shared mission. Put simply, we want to be the church. <laughs> like, like we want to be the church and a good way to think about that is a family of disciples on a shared mission, um, ultimately surrendered to the gospel, um, empowered by the Spirit. Thanks for listening.